The Your Safe Space podcast is recorded on Wurundjeri land. This podcast acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome to Your Safe Space, the podcast. I'm your host, Adele Marie, and this podcast is here for you. It is a safe space for us to catch up each week to discuss anything and everything. And on today's show, we are doing another AMA on air. Welcome back, guys. Thank you so much for the response to this episode last week. Can I just say, you guys downloaded the shit out of the show. (laughs) I was really, I was in two minds. I was like, oh, if it hits X amount of downloads, then I'll do another one. And you guys smashed it. So thank you. Thank you for the lovely feedback. As always, I welcome feedback, whether it's good or constructive. This episode will be out a few days before Christmas. And so I don't know who needs this reminder, but take a deep breath right now. (sighs) Ready? We'll do it together. (sighs) I just want you to remember that you are one person. There's only 24 hours in the day. You are doing amazing. You are doing your best. Christmas will come. It'll be okay. We're going to get through it. Your best is always enough. I know that this area of life or this area of the year, this time of the year is so anxiety inducing. And I just want to pop that little reminder in there. As usual, guys, this episode is not a replacement for professional mental health support. If you need professional mental health support, please check the show notes. This episode is really just me coming on and giving you some big sister, best friend, mentor advice. And we're going to jump into the AMA from last night. Literally, I did did the AMA last night on my Instagram and we're going to jump straight in. Question one, I feel so deflated on dating apps. How do I feel excited about dating again? And I just want to say on this, dating in this era can be very overwhelming. As somebody who is dating in this era, I feel like I can say that. I feel like I've got grounds to say that. But what you're feeling is very normal and very common. I feel like it's okay to have dating fatigue and I feel like it's okay to have dating exhaustion. I also think there's an element of this time of year being very fatiguing and very busy and very draining that like sometimes dating on top of that can almost make it worse in a way, almost inflate it for both of those areas of your life. In the Ask Me Anything last night, this actually came up more than 10 times. So a few of you are feeling fatigued, which makes me sad, but also makes me think, you know what, we're in this together. We're not alone. And that's what I love about this podcast. And so I think if you are feeling deflated and what I would do if I was feeling deflated is take it as a sign that maybe you need to take a break. Maybe you need to take a rest from dating. And I don't think that doing that does anything bad to your long-term goal of wanting a partner. I feel like doing that just honors where you're at. And if your body or your brain or your mind is telling you, oh, I'm just not feeling it, listen to it. And really, I think it's just allowing yourself the space to almost regroup, assess your current way of dating, how you're currently doing things, and see if you need to change that up when you are ready to get back out there. And what I mean by change things up, changing it up looks like saying yes to people that you may say no to usually. And I'm not saying date outside your values or date people that you would never date because of X, Y, Z. I'm talking about date the people that aren't your type because sometimes you can have a really cool date or a really fun time with this person, but you automatically discount them and rule them off because they don't look the type that you're after or there's something about them that isn't what you want. And as I said, core values are non-negotiable, but for other things, I really recommend dating outside your type. And I'm going to tell you a quick story. I went on a date 
earlier this year. When's this episode coming out? I was still in 2022. Yeah. <laughs> so I went on a date in January of 2022. It was with a long-term friend. I had known this guy for a very long time. We're still friends now. I don't want to say his name because obviously I want to protect his privacy. But he is not my type by any stretch of the means. He is blonde. I'm usually like dark features kind of I'm attracted to dark features so he was like very fair very blonde blue-eyed very surfer energy which is not my type at all (laughs) and he was also a surfer and we went on a date he took me to the beach which tick because I freaking love the beach and he basically went surfing was trying to teach me how to like ride the waves and you know what It was one of the funnest dates that I've been on. Nothing happened. We didn't kiss. We didn't go on a second date. We were not really right for each other in other areas. We just decided to stay friends. But I had a really good time. And if I think about the dates I went on this year, that was one of the fun ones that I went on. And it was because I went on a date with someone I usually wouldn't go on a date with. So date outside your type. Then I'm going to say, maybe it looks like changing the location up or changing the age bracket up. Maybe I'm not saying to go and date someone 20 years your senior or 20 years your junior. No, I'm just saying maybe widen that bracket a little bit or maybe open up your location to a few extra kilometers. I also know someone who has or people who have set their location to really different places and then ended up in long distance relationships, which I think are really cute as well. Sometimes it's not the app or the dating scene. Sometimes it's where you are located. That could be the problem. And I would even say when you are ready to date, maybe it's changing how many people you're having conversations with or how many people you're dating with. Because I personally found when I have been on dating apps, I felt a lot of overwhelm if I'm talking or having too many conversations at the same time. So maybe it's just picking one or two or three people, a couple of people at the same time and almost running your own bachelor or bachelorette. (laughs) I've spoken about this before in an Ask Me Anything, but maybe it looks like seeing how that batch goes, date in batches, right? And have a batch that is enough for you that you don't feel overwhelmed. Match with them, chat with them, date with them, see how those that batch progresses and if that batch doesn't work then you go back and get another batch does that make sense I'm sorry for calling people batches but (laughs) but I just want you to kind of take back that control and figure out a way that feels better for you and lastly I'll also say I think this could be a really good time to take the break and then just get clear on what it is that you want and the reason I say this is because when you're able to look at your why and you're able to go back and say hey this is what I want whether that's for fun or whether that's a relationship or whatever it is that you want from dating and you talk about why you want that how it will make you feel that can inject that excitement again that can kind of put that fire in your belly again and get you kind of happy and excited to get back out there and and do that because for a lot of us dating apps is the way to go because we're either not going out and we're not just going to meet people sitting at home. So they're part of our life now. And I would say that I think they've had success for people I know. So I've seen the evidence and they're not bad, but it's also okay to take a break if you need and honor that. The guys will still be there. The girls will still be there. The matches will still be there. I promise you they're not going anywhere and your person is still out there. So if you have to take that break, take it and then come back with a fresh mindset. Question number two, I'm really struggling after moving back in with my family after my breakup. Do you have any tips? Firstly, I'm so sorry that you're going through this. Breakups are horrible. They are not fun ever to experience. And then on top of that, you've had to move back home to have to go back into an environment where you're feeling either out of place or not 
welcomed or just struggling can be really hard while you're dealing with the emotion of a breakup. And so I've got some advice for you. My first bit of advice is to go back and listen to how to handle a breakup or the breakup episode I did. I can't remember what number episode that is. I should have written that down. But there's three tips that I think will help you. And I moved back home, not because of my breakup. I moved back home at the time because I was renting in Sydney and I was moving back to Melbourne and then I was still paying rent in Sydney and it just worked out better financially if I could live back home with mum and dad. And I'm still there now, but I've got some lived experience and I love my family. I think they're cool, but hey, we're humans. We get on each other's nerves. That's normal. I'm not going to sit here and say we're a happy family 99.9% of the time because that's bullshit. We fight, we argue, we've got our own shit to deal with as well. Now, the first tip I'm going to give you is to focus on building out some space, physical space in the house that is your own. And I really want you to think of it as your safe space. Get it? (laughs) So for me, it's my room. But for you, if that's not the option, I would say if you can make it your room, do it it in your room. But it could be a spot in the garden. It could be a spot in the house that people don't use. But I really want you to be able to make it yours where you can go to get some time out, where you can go to protect your peace. I typically would go to retreat in my room when I just need to be left alone by my family. I don't mind hanging out in the common areas. That's what I call them, the public areas. But sometimes I just don't want to talk to anybody. Sometimes I just want to be in the space, my safe space, and I hang out in that. When I had COVID, (laughs) I would hang out in the garden quite a bit because I couldn't stay anywhere else in the house. But I still love the garden for that reason. And sometimes I'll go and sit there if I need some time out. Sometimes it'll be my room or sometimes I even take myself for a little walk. So if you feel like you need to have that moment where you protect your peace or have a a bit of time out, do what you need to give yourself that. My second tip is to keep your independence. And this is something I personally really have struggled with, but I feel like I've worked hard to retain. And that looks like doing the things that you did for yourself before you moved back home. So what ways did you achieve that independence when you were living out of home before? Is that doing the cooking? Is that doing your own washing? Is that doing, you know, a regular clean of your room? Is that doing the groceries? Maybe you were doing other things to give yourself that independence when you were living with the ex. Try to keep that, try to keep that routine, those habits in place so that You don't feel like your independence is also flailing in this situation. And then my last tip is to fill your cup up. Now, this will actually help you with the house situation, but also with the breakup. So finding things that bring you joy, whatever that looks like. There's many different things out there that bring all of us joy in different ways. But maybe it's doing the hobby that you wanted to try. Maybe it's doing something for fun. Maybe it's tapping into that creativity. Maybe it's hanging out with friends. I don't know. Maybe it's exercising. Maybe it's going for walk, spending time doing things that fill your cup, bonus if they're also out of the house, because again, that creates that space and almost that distance between you where, or between you and whoever else is in the house so that that relationship isn't constantly under strain. Because I feel like, especially when I've been in the house for a really long time or someone else is in the house for a really long time. And it's interesting because I work from home. Even before I did this job, I worked from home. Mum works from home. You know, sometimes there's multiple people in the house and we've been in there a few days and we're all getting a little bit nippy at each other. But having that time to fill your cup up, time out of the house can help you tenfold. And the last thing I want to mention is that I know living with family can be really hard. As I said, I still have my own moments. But what I really try to do is just remember that we are humans 
Having a human experience and especially if you move back home for the first time in a long time, it can take time to get to get used to living together again. <laughs> it can take time to adjust. I moved back in after not living at home for three or four years. I had changed a lot in three or four years. So had the other family members and so had the dynamic of the house. And so I was really mindful that I was almost infringing on their way of life. And that kind of helped with my like behavior and attitude as well. And just knowing that we're all trying our best, we're all doing our best. And I'm responsible for obviously my behavior and my actions and doing what I could to show up as a good, I'm going to say housemate, because <laughs> that's what it is. It's like your housemates, but you're living with your family. And I just want you to keep that in mind. The other thing I'll say, and sorry, I know I said that was last, but the other thing I'll say is sometimes we have to pour love in or pour extra good energy in to have that common ground or to, I guess, make the people in the house feel better. And so I don't know what that looks like in your living arrangement, but maybe it is looking after things for your mum or things for your dad or things for your siblings or helping them out in a way that makes them feel good about you being there. Because there could be many different things that are making the relationship feel strained or making the living situation feel strained. And sometimes you may even just need to have a conversation about it. Communication goes a long way in these areas as well. And I hope I got to the point there. I feel like I did. I went a bit around in circles towards the end, but good luck good luck on your healing. I would also recommend going and watching my healing series on TikTok because there's some gems in there that might help you as well. And then question number three, I get really nervous talking to new people and I was wondering if you had any tips. I really liked this question. I've not been asked this in an ask me anything ever before, but I think it's important and I think it's very common because there's a few things that have happened uh, over the last few years. One being a freaking pandemic which told us to stay away from people and to stay in our homes, which has probably played a part in how we interact with people now, how we are in big crowds, how we are meeting new people. I'm also going to say it's very common when you're meeting new work colleagues for the first time. Maybe you're meeting someone in a job interview for the first time. Maybe you're even meeting your partner's parents for the first time. I can think about many moments in my life where I've met people for the first time and been really scared and really nervous. Hell, even recently I went to the For You Fest in Sydney with TikTok Australia and I met so many creators that I followed for a really long time, people that I admire and look up to and I was so nervous, guys, so nervous. And I think it's part of being human, part of the human experience. It's okay to be nervous and I think with practice and sitting in that nervousness, you can get better at dealing with it and you can also move to a place where it feels more comfortable if you want. And I would recommend that because feeling that nervousness, could you could say it's almost excitement as well. I sometimes like to shape nervousness or shift in my mind nervousness and replace it as excitement because they do feel the same. But I feel like for most of us, that nervousness really comes from that fear of like being judged or not liked. And I think it's just part of human nature to want to be included, to want to be liked, for people to want to enjoy your company and for people to want to accept us. And so I do have some tips. I'm going to go through them. My first one is to be okay with the judgment. And that just looks like letting go of that fear. Who cares if this person doesn't like you? I've said it many times on this podcast, but I'm not going to be for everybody. Some people are going to like me. Hang on, my camera's dying. 
All right, I've just plugged it in. What was I saying? Uh, uh, Letting go. (laughs) Letting go of the fear of being judged. Letting go of the fear of them not liking you. You don't need to be liked by everybody. I have to learn this lesson harshly every day when I get hate comments, but people aren't always going to like me. I'm not going to be for everybody and that's okay. I don't don't want to be for everybody. Obviously, sure, I want to make a good impression, but I'm not going to let that keep me in that state of fear or keep me in that feeling of nervousness or anxiousness. And the way that you do this, how you let go is by flipping the mindset. Instead of you meeting someone and thinking, I hope they like me. I hope that I'm coming across XYZ. I want you to think, I'm just getting to know this person. I'm just getting to know this human. And doing that flicks your mind into active listening. Because if your focus of the conversation is getting to know them instead of, oh, I hope that they like me. I hope that I'm okay. It shifts where your mind is sitting and you're then able to really listen in the conversation. You can focus on what they're saying because you're trying to get to know them. That is your goal with the conversation. And by doing that, it actually helps the conversation flow better too, because what you're doing is actively listening and then you're almost then able to ask questions or listen to what they just said to be able to keep that conversation going and add more input into the combo. My second tip is remembering that we are all humans. I do speak about humanity a lot on this podcast. We're all humans doing our best, trying to have a good time. And the person you are talking to may very much be nervous as well. And what I try to do is just accept this. They're having a human experience. I'm having a human experience. It's okay to feel nervous. It's okay to feel how I feel. And it's okay for them to feel how they feel. They might feel it too. And even just practicing saying to yourself, I feel nervous and that's okay. They might feel nervous too. That can be really powerful. And then lastly, my tip is to practice. Practice putting yourself in situations where you feel nerves talking to somebody. Almost like leaning in. Get out of your comfort zone, lean in, because by doing it, you'll be able to give yourself evidence that it's okay. Nothing bad happens when you talk to people for the first time. And maybe this looks like chatting to people when you're getting your coffee, chatting to people in the gym, or maybe you're chatting to people during the groceries. Maybe it's the person that's serving you at the checkout. Practice to build up the skill. It is like a muscle, so it strengthens the more that you use it. And anyone can strengthen it if they want to. And I would say definitely the effects of a global pandemic are probably at play here, but If you feel this overwhelmingly, and I have to put this in here, if you are feeling anxious to an extreme level and not just nervousness, like really overwhelmed in conversations with people, chat to your GP because it could be something that might be worked through with a professional and they might be able to help you some more. And then the last question is how to stop feeling guilty or nervous about taking a sick day from work. And oh, guys... I feel like this is something I struggled with a little bit when I worked full-time for somebody else. I was actually pretty good at taking my sick days, but now that I work for myself, I struggle so badly at this. I feel so guilty when I want to take a day off now. So guilty. I don't think I've taken a day off since I started working for myself full-time, but I just want to remind you that sick days are there to be taken. Sick days are there. You have earned them. They are yours. You can take them when you feel sick. Whether you feel sick physically or mentally, it doesn't really matter. They're there to be taken. And I feel like there's so much stigma around taking like a mental health 
sick day or a sick day for your mental health because you're not feeling that great. But to that, I would say you would take a sick day if you had the flu. You would probably take a sick day if you broke your arm. You should be taking a sick day if you're not feeling mentally there or if you're feeling like you're having a bad mental health day. It's the same. There's no difference. And I would also say sick days are important. They keep us from being burnt out. They keep us from feeling worse. They keep us from potentially getting severely sick. We earn them. We deserve them. We should be able to take them. As long as you are following your works protocols, and I don't know what each employer has, but as long as you're getting your doctor's certificate if you need, as long as you're giving them enough notice, typically whenever I was taking a sick day, I'd let my boss know the day before, that night, or maybe even the morning of. And I would just say, hey, I'm taking a sick day today. I'll get a certificate if I needed to get one, or sometimes I didn't need to get one. But as long as you're doing the right thing by your employer, they are there to be taken. They're yours. You should not feel guilty about it. You do need to try to let that go. And I know it can be hard, especially if we've been raised by, again, a parent's generational or caregivers who worked really hard and who still went to work when they were feeling unwell or who still went to work when they weren't feeling good. That can maybe have left some subconscious stuff there for us, but those sick days are important. They're there for you. Take them. Don't feel guilty. And heading into the new year, I would also say a lot of us might be feeling burnt out and it's probably because we haven't taken our sick days when we've needed to. And I'm one of those. (laughs) So don't make that mistake going into 2023. All right, guys, I think we can wrap the show there. Merry Christmas. I will be dropping an episode on Christmas Day, so make sure you listen out for that. It's not about Christmas, it's about core values. And I hope that you like this second installation of Ask Me Anything. There will be a few of them dropping throughout the holidays as well. All right, as usual, come join us in the Facebook group. Come join us on our Instagram. There's all these links in the show notes. Leave us a review on Spotify. Leave us a review or a rating on Apple or a rating on Spotify. I don't know. I've just messed that up. Sorry, guys, you know the drill. But love you guys. Have a good week. Stay calm heading into Christmas. You've got this. We're going to be all right. I'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.